What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Clark and I are with you today. Mm -hmm. We're nearing the end of 2 Samuel and uh, just glad to to be able to probe and study and really learn from these chapters with you today. Um, So we'll talk about just kind of what stuck out from us, how we meet the Lord in it, and kind of what we're learning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think overall, I think we would start off by saying it's not exactly a fun ending to these books. Yeah. Right. Just kind of messy. And after kind of going through the golden years of David's reign and rule, this gets kind of hard to swallow, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So I guess just like an overarching picture, we talked on Wednesday about just like how brokenness has entered David's home. And so it's not just him and his person, but it's now, you know, his children from all these different wives and it's just really ugly and in evil. And so yeah. that just kind of continues. And so you see more kind of divisiveness rise up specifically with one of David's sons, Absalom, and how there's literally now the choosing of sides. It comes down to like throughout the country um, and throughout all of uh, the Israelites, how folks are choosing Absalom or choosing David and, it, and it's their lives that are depending on it. And so I'll go, kind of jump in. What's kind of sticking out to me? <laughs> like Clark said, is how this is just ugly. And I, I mean, a small overview here. So we know that Absalom has um, killed Amnon, his older brother, for what Amnon did to his half-sister. And um, now Absalom has kind of been invited back into the country. And then in chapter 17, we see that he's like gaining popularity. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all of these agendas that everybody else has, like the people that are cursing people, the people that are, you know, giving advice, the other people that are um, walking with Absalom. Like there's all of these agendas and, and Absalom's no different. So he's trying to make himself a name. He's trying to become, you know, the next guy. And then what ends up happening is uh, he he gains such a large following then that in chapter 17, David has to flee. So David and his followers flee. And then you see there's a big battle and uh, and David's David's men prevail, but David is just so uh, he's just in agony. Like he, I'm sure he's 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 filled with shame, but he's also he is just suffering watching what is happening to like his bloodline. Um, and then at the end of the chapter, you read what happens to Absalom that he dies, and that David is just he is so deep in grief. And so as I read this, I just think, holy cow, like. I guess I just even, you know, think to, to myself, like, wow, like, how on earth did God even use this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, how did this happen? And so I kind of reflect back to the beginning and how David was, you know, this random sheep herder that was the smallest of the of his family line, the line yeah. of Jesse, and how God chose him and pulled him out and anointed him. It wasn't David. It wasn't David saying, you know, puffing his chest out and throwing himself up there. Like, it sure. was God coming down. And so now the reality is while David is the headline, God is the editor. He is the one that is above and beyond all of this, including the pain and suffering that's happening right now in David's story saying mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm still working. I'm still the one that called you. I'm still the one that has a good plan and it doesn't make sense to you, you know, finite human. 
I felt the Lord just encouraging me in that, you know, I might not have concubines and husbands and, and I'm by mine. I mean, I definitely don't. Yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> I can verify that. Um, but there's definitely pain and suffering. There is, and, and I know you guys listening are, are with me in that, you know, there's times where I drink my own sin, you know, just like David, where there's, there's unrepentance, there's unforgiveness. There's times where I, and I don't understand even sometimes in walking in the midst of it, where I'm sure someone a few thousand years later could look back and be like, what the world is Bobby Corver doing here? And in the midst of it, I'm not sure. And so I'm just clinging to the Lord. And that was an encouragement for me today in reading this story and just being reminded of who God is and what he's done in the life of David uh, and in my life too, right now. And so, you know, Clark, you kind of zoom in a little bit more on specific characters uh, or what's kind of going on with the the choosing of sides and stuff. But but for me, that's kind of what stuck out. Yeah. Like Bobby said, this is a real gut wrencher. And as I read this, I tried to place myself in the story, like put myself in the narrative. Mm -hmm. And like Bobby opened up with saying, if we were in this story and the nation's divided and you're having to choose between Absalom or David, what would you have decided? Because if you choose David, it's not like you can just sit around and and stay in your normal life. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance Absalom would have you killed because he's betrayed a number of people. He's murdered them and he wants the throne himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the people who are loyal for David are being sneaky about it. They're trying to help David quietly. Mm -hmm. And then a number of people have simply left everything they know and fled with David. Yeah. So just as David was in the wilderness years when Saul chased him, so David's in the wilderness years again at the end of his rule and his reign. And so if you're in this story and you have, you know, I like how you said the headline was David, but the editor was God. That's really clever. Um, you're sitting there looking at the news and hearing the word spread throughout the city and you're having to decide like who's in control right now and who am I going to submit to? Yeah, what's truth? What's right. truth? And I think that question though is like who's in control is one that you and I ask every day or often at least without realizing it, especially when hardship comes, yeah. especially when something mm-hmm. unexpected arises, especially when something we just simply don't like happens. Going, God, are you there? Hmm. And who's in control right now? Because I have some questions to ask. And so when you zoom in the story, there's a number of really small and seemingly insignificant people that play really important roles, and they're loyal to the Lord's anointed, to God's anointed, even when it's not popular. You have Hushai. You have Zadok and Abiathar, the high priests. You have Jonathan Ahimez. They're the ones that hide out and they run and they hide in that cistern in that well and they're mm-hmm. looking for him. They run in and form David. You've got an unnamed servant girl. You have a man in Bahurim and his wife. You have Shobi, Makir, and Barzillai. All of them played a very small and important role, but they put their life on the line and they did what was really unpopular to probably the vast majority of Israel because a lot of them were like, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to leave my job. I'm going to just submit to Absalom because he's on the throne now. Mm -hmm. And so that question is, who's in control? Well, and Absalom's like making things pretty difficult. He's like enticing people. In chapter 15, we read that he like stole the hearts of men. Yeah. Because he's kind of back. He's... He's going against David saying like, well, I would listen to you. I would bring yeah, justice. Yeah, he sat at the temple gates and was just kissing people's rears and they walked in. It's like, so, hey, yeah. tell, tell me your problems. So oh, it isn't like black and white. It's like, okay, let me discern. And then like, I'm all in. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. 
So it's asking ourselves that question, like, who's in control here? Because it, it, it seems that it's not good. So God, are you sovereign? Are you here? Do yeah. you have a good plan? And one of the, just the notes that we have in our Bible and we're reading in is a death and defeat are the fate of all those who choose to rule their own lives in defiance to God and his anointed. And so mm-hmm. if we, if someone chooses to live their life without God, they will forever get their wish. And on earth, they can be their own king or queen. And then after earth, when it comes to judgment, they get to be ruler of their life and life apart from God. And that sounds terrible to me. Um, and so just one of those questions I'm asking myself, and I'd encourage you to ask yourself today is who's in control and what, in what situations in your life are you finding it hard to believe that God is sovereign, mm. that he's in control, that he has a plan, that he's actually working for our good in our world, in your work, in your family, in your friendships, um, in your dating, in your singleness. I don't know. You, you can fill in the blank. But who's in control? And so just, I guess I'm encouraged thinking about like what, what Jesus did in his life, even when he kind of went out and it didn't meet the expectations of everybody around him. He died on a cross. Like, that's not exactly exciting. And that didn't win the hearts over of the multitudes, but it was what needed to be done. And it was God's faithfulness signing and securing the deal that he made with humanity thousands of years before. And so I'm just trying to lean into that, saying, God, you've been faithful. Even when life gets hard, it was hard for David. And it was actually the consequences of his decisions that made it hard. And Mm -hmm. and Jesus, it was unfairly hard to you because you were perfect. And you were holy. And you came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But you were victorious. And so even when in my lifetime... If life does not go my way, am I willing to still say, God, I believe that you're in control? And I'm going to keep telling myself that and repeating that truth to myself because there are times everything in me and everything I see is going to go against that. Mm-hmm. But I know it's true that, God, you're in control. You're sovereign. You're loving. You have a plan. We saw that on the cross. We see that in Jesus' life. And like Bobby said, we see that in God's faithfulness to really a, a beautiful scumbag in the life of David. Yeah. Even, I mean, if you think about Jesus' last words on the cross when he says, it's finished, like even in that, that leaves us, you know, probably perplexed and confused if we're in the moment thinking like, what did you finish? Like you left us. We still have disease. We still have, and and now we see like, no, it's finished, meaning I get you forever in heaven with me for all of eternity. There's not going to be separation or pain. And so, Man, good word, Clark. That's yeah. just how, I mean, we see Jesus in the life of David, really how David just deals and walks in suffering and how that points us to the suffering servant that we mm-hmm. know in Isaiah. That was Jesus who comes to reign victorious, yeah. um, so, really, honestly, because of that. So okay. go ahead. Yeah, so as we wrap up, we just want to remind you, we got the the book podcast starting next week. And so this is going to be a little change of pace. We're not going to have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast going forward. We're going to have Wednesday podcasts and it's going to be going over the book, how not to read the Bible by Dan Kimball. So we encourage you buy this book. Um, and if you would buy it, you might need to buy it on christianbook.com right now, or just Google it. Amazon is out of stock and they are in the process of restocking. And I also want to say this, Uh, that this book is very helpful. And like every other book we ever read, there's probably going to be 90% of what you like and 10% of what you don't like. And so I want to say, read this and filter it. You know, this book is not the end-all be-all. There might be some things in some chapters you might not agree with. 
what I'm saying is overall, it's going to be a very helpful resource helping us read the Bible. So with that being said, we haven't read Dan Kimball's other stuff. We haven't read his other books. I'm not sure what he believes about other topics. Right now, we're just talking about how do we interpret really difficult passages in the Old Testament especially. So I say that with a big disclaimer. Um, Just filter it as we go through it. We're going to try to do the same with you as we read it. And I think it's going to be a great gift. I'm really excited for it. So I think that's all we got. Anything else on your end, Bob? It is. Nope. So tune in on Monday. That'll be our last Monday podcast. And then we will go on Wednesdays from there on out for a little bit. God bless you guys and have a good weekend. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day. Thank you.